Hi, I'm Autumn. And I'm Bethany. And we are A to B Podcast, working on getting from point A to point B through simplicity, organization, and some fun. Bethany, before we even get started, I just want to talk about the Marie Kondo show on Netflix. Well, okay. So if you follow A to B podcast on Instagram, Autumn texted me and said, I'm watching Marie Kondo. And I said, wait, wait, wait. So I cleared my calendar. I wasn't wasn't doing anything. I think it was Sunday night. So I think we were both pretty open. Sunday night. I said, hang on. What episode are you on? What minute and second are you on? And then I caught up. You know, Autumn and I live like two hours away from each other. We set up Skype and we watched together and it was beautiful. Yes. I could pretend that I was sitting on your couch with a glass of wine watching it with you. I'm enjoying the show even more than I thought I would. I really liked the book. I think I read it like three times, maybe more. And it looks like a lot of people are liking the show on Netflix because it has five stars. Oh, after Bird Box, it's like the most downloaded show right now. No joke. Wow. Wait enjoying you mean you haven't seen the whole season so i'm up to episode six how many episodes are there i've watched all the episodes there's the eight i think yes i've seen them all but i think it gives a bigger understanding to her book in her book she sounded very like this is the way to do it and this is the only way and in the show she's so much more forgiving than it sounded like in the book and when she's working with people it's like Sure. Yeah. Okay. If you want to do that, that sounds fine. I think her presence is very calming. Multiple people have commented on how calming her presence is. And I will say I bought the book like immediately when it came out because I love organizing books and books about organizing. But then I read some articles about it and I was like, oh, I get the gist. No, I didn't. I hadn't even scratched the surface. So I'm going to confess that I thought I knew what the KonMari method was. You haven't read the book? I hadn't read the book. You own the book, but you haven't read it? Not only do I own the first book, but I own the second book. I know. Didn't I borrow the second book from you? You did, and you borrowed it, and I got it back, which is rare in the world of book borrowing. No, I always give your books back. I know, but I'm so bad about that. Sorry, all the people I've borrowed books from. But I want to tell you that I am reading it now. Like, I'm actively reading it. Like, on my Goodreads profile, it says, currently reading. The life-changing magic of tidying up. Well, I'm only on page 39. But I was talking to my friend this morning, and she said, I can't follow that because I can't handle her rule of only keeping 10 books. And I said, what what rule of only keeping 10 books? Yeah. From reading her book, it felt like there was lots of rules. And from watching the show, it seems more like, okay, these are some boundaries that you can work in. Yeah. I'm not on the part about books yet, but I told my friend, I said, look, if you haven't watched the show yet, watch the show. You're going to see people keep much more than 10 books. Yeah. If a book sparks joy, if you want to keep the book keep the book. The point isn't that you have to stick to this rule of 10, you know, but even I told you that as much as I love books, I confess that my three overflowing bookcases were stressing me out a little bit. I'm ready to go through those bookshelves again with you for sure. You've said this more than once, so that means it's time. I have. So first I'm going to finish reading the book and then I'm actually going to do the method. I'm going to start with clothes. Hold on one second. You know you have to take 
all your books off the shelves and put them in the center of the room. Do you know how long that would take you? I'm ready. (laughs) Oh my gosh. To be honest, I think I'm going to start with, I have a section in my classroom. It's my teacher books, like teacher reference books. Professional development type stuff. And I was realizing the ones that I reference and love, I have at my house. The ones in my classroom are not the ones that I reference all the time. I can probably let go of a lot of them. Okay. I don't know. I'm feeling inspired. In fact, Goodwill is saying that they're getting like a record number of donations and they're crediting not just the month of January, but they're crediting this show, right? People are fired up. Well, you know what else I really love is that it's not a huge makeover show. It's more just real life. Yes. And you come in, they still have piles of things. Yes. It's not like, and we redid their bathroom to give them the storage. But I am surprised that she's not working more one-on-one with them. I was a little surprised too, yeah. And even when she is working one-on-one with them, she's not really pushing them. They're saying, oh, I like this. And she's like, oh, okay. She's not really questioning anything that they're doing. Yeah, I was curious about that too. I was wondering how much time she's actually spending at their home. They're working alone, you know, quite a bit. You know, they must have had casting calls for this at some point. How did I not... Well, I don't follow casting calls. That would have been so great. I am curious because you texted me that you were watching episode six and it was making you feel anxious. And I'm wondering why. Well, episode six is a couple with two children and they want to have a third child. I don't have kiddos of my own, but I was watching the mom, the wife on screen and the anxiety that she was expressing with letting go of things, like it just really resonated with me. It felt like her anxiety was palpable. In my mind, part of me was thinking all that stuff, let all of that stuff go, just let it go. And the other part of me was saying, oh my gosh, I know exactly how you feel. That just resonated with me personally because this idea that I'm going to need it or this idea that oh, there's a sentimental attachment or this idea that like, well, I wear it. Mm -hmm. That reframing of like, yeah, but do you love it? Does it spark joy? I don't know. As I was watching it, I felt very conflicted because I was like, no, let it go. Free yourself. But that's like your voice telling me that maybe that's just like been embedded in me after all these years. You know, it's funny that you say that because out of the first six episodes that I've watched, she's the one that most reminded me of you. Yeah. Her thought process yes, did remind me of you. She sounded very similar. I'm telling you. Well, that's why it made me anxious. Because it was a reflection. She loved everything. <laughs> it was a reflection. Something that stuck out was that this woman was talking about how she has all these clothes that don't fit her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, let them go. You're so beautiful. Like, let them go look at your bright colors you have now. She was pretty. Isn't she gorgeous? And even yeah. one point she mentioned she's not wearing she makeup. She didn't have makeup on. I'm like, how did you get that lip color then? I'm like, what are you talking about? You're gorgeous. You're stunning. I know. I was like, let those clothes go. And then I'm like, oh, right. I have so many clothes that don't currently fit me. <laughs> so I'm telling you, when I finish the book, which Again, page 39, there's 200-something pages. Okay. When I finish the book, I'm ready. We're going to do it. So if you haven't yet watched Tidying Up with Marie Kondo on Netflix, or if you don't have Netflix, find someone who does. It's (laughs) worth watching. It's a lot of fun. And like you were saying, Autumn, I really appreciated that there was not this whole, like, I went and painted everything and bought new furniture and Mm -hmm. reupholstered things. 
there's beauty in doing that, but that wasn't what this was about. This was about the possessions that you currently have. How do you say goodbye or keep them and display them? Yeah, it was more about the feeling of how you feel after this stuff is out of your life. Yeah. And sometimes people do have unrealistic expectations about what things are going to look like after you organize It's not going to look like real simple. It's just going to look like your stuff organized. I would imagine that when you work with clients, it is trying to mesh your goals, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have these goals of helping them get their things organized and letting go of things. And they may have this picture perfect image of what it's going to look like. And it's like, well, we want to get it to a space where it feels good to you. But we're working with this budget and with this amount of time and with what you have. Yeah. And there's been times I've said, if only I had a second bedroom or if only I had a walk-in closet or if only I had a mud room, you know what I mean? Right. Then it would be organized. Insert whatever part of the house you say would be like the part that would fix it all. And it is that reminder of, okay, let's work with what we have. But also Marie Kondo has a graphic novel. Did you know that? My 12-year-old read it. So if you're looking to get your kids into Marie Kondo. Oh, the ma- how do you say that word? Man- manga? Manga? Yeah, manga. We'll put a link to it in the show notes because my 12-year-old read it and really liked it. So it might, you know, spark a little <laughs> movement in the teenagers. I just want to see her going, ding, for the, <laughs> like, in the sparking joy. So bold statement. This might be my most favorite organizing show since Clean Sweep with Peter Walsh. I do love Marie Kondo, but there was some really great Oprah episodes with Peter Walsh, so you can't really let those go. Oh, Peter Walsh. (laughs) Okay, I know we've been talking a lot about books. Actually, this whole episode is about books. Okay, this is a tiny public service announcement. Because whenever I say I've read a book, I've actually listened to a book. I don't read that many books. But I don't listen on Audible. I listen on Overdrive through my library. Overdrive is the app, and you can check out audiobooks with your library, and they're free. So check it out if you haven't already. But I finished the book, The Year of Yes, by Shonda Rhimes, Bethany. You did. But remember I said her Year of Yes was based on fear? Yeah. Remember at the end of our last episode, episode 55, I was like ready to move on to a different word? Yeah. I think subconsciously I knew that I wasn't quite like taking a look at what my fears are that I need to say yes to. Wait, really? Yeah. I had kind of just got to the public speaking part. And there's other parts of her life that she talked about saying yes to. There's a really great chapter about her weight loss. There's a chapter about saying yes to difficult conversations and she had this really great chapter about women who can't take compliments and she explained the story when she saw that play out and as I was reading it I was thinking oh that's not me like I'm fine with taking compliments usually I just say thank you but then as I got kind of deeper into that chapter I realized that I did kind of fall into the same boat of these women that she was describing where I can't self-promote my business or this podcast even and part of my job as a professional organizer is that I need to self-promote my business that's how people (laughs) know like it's spread through word of mouth it's one of the biggest ways that is true (laughs) so much so that one time a mom actually complimented me you know in line where they have like all the candy and toys for kids another mom complimented me on my parenting and she's like you should write a blog And I couldn't even come out 
with that lead up to say that actually I have a podcast and we talk about parenting and organizing and I just couldn't say it. No, I remember this. It felt like I was being so obnoxious if I would have said that to her compliment. No, I said to you, I said, well, did you say actually I have a blog? If you had said, that's so funny you say that. Actually, I do have a blog. Where was the fear in that? It sounded like I would be obnoxious. Oh, thanks so much for that compliment. And actually, I really am great. No. (laughs) You didn't say your blog was great. You just said you have one. I don't know. I felt so uncomfortable in that position. In fact, if you meet me, I will not tell you I have a podcast. (laughs) Which is a problem since we want people to listen to this podcast. I know. What if you said, okay, imagine you're in that grocery store line. What if you said to her, actually, it's funny you say that I do have a blog, but trust me, I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah, that's good. Then it's the acknowledgement that you have a blog and it's so inroads for her to say, oh, what's your blog? And then it's also an acknowledgement that at no point do you feel like you know it all or have it all figure out, which we are very, very clear with. Yeah, we're very open that we don't. That's true. (laughs) Right? You know, it's just one of those things where I need to work on my own self-talk, figuring out, okay, well, what is the phrase that I'm going to say to myself when I feel unsure of the exact right words? What are you going to tell your mind instead when you're telling other people about your business and about what you do? Well, and the thing is, is you really believe in what you're doing. You're such an advocate for your clients. So I think it's really interesting that voice comes up, whatever it is that's holding you back. Yeah, it's almost like there's an underneath feeling of like, remember that hashtag like humble brag? Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's like my fear that I will feel like while I'm self-promoting, I'm doing a humble brag, like something would come out that sounds really obnoxious or like I'm tooting my own horn. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder if it was reframed and you thought of it as, you know what, I'm really excited about the things that we talk about and the work that I do. And maybe this person or somebody this person knows would really identify with the subject matter, you know? Yeah, I think something like that could work. I need to spend a little bit more time thinking about it, so I'll report back. How is your abundant gratitude going, Bethany? Well, I will say our gratitude journal is going great. Okay, one of my most favorite things is that we text each other our gratitude. I I think that was the missing link. You were the missing link in all the times I've tried to do a gratitude journal in the past. Sometimes I was feeling like I was bugging you. No way. Not even a little Like bit. you text me back and I'm like, no, really, what are you grateful no. for? No. you still haven't answered no, me. No, I need you because <laughs> I remember once like I saw that you texted, but I was like in the middle of something and busy. So yeah. no, I appreciated it very, very much. So today we're recording this on a Wednesday. It has been raining now for three days. Yeah. They're, you know, they're getting a little bit of cabin fever. And so... I have trouble appreciating them when (laughs) it's a rainy day. And I'm going to be totally honest. I was such a crank on Monday and Tuesday. I was was a total crank. And I today was trying to channel that abundant gratitude. Today we had like a little dance party because, you know, I want them to move during recess. They'll eat their snack and then... I put on like, okay, either like Cosmic Yoga, which is an amazing website if you've never checked it out, which is like yoga through storytelling for kids, or I'll put on like some music and we have like a freeze dance or something. And today we did this dance thing and I was like laughing with them and I had a really nice time and I tried to just be a little more grateful about their sweet giggles and their 
dance moves and how much they get fully into whatever they're doing. So I tried to be more into that today than I was the last two days because the last two days I was pretty cranky. It's hard. How did the abundant gratitude help you not be cranky? Was that just changing your point of view? Yeah, I think so. I think it was me just trying to reframe and find like a moment that I'm grateful for. Like I'm grateful that, like it sounds a little cheesy, but that I'm entrusted with these sweet little five and six-year-olds that they're looking to me for not only like to help them like navigate what school looks like, but also to help them solve these problems. And look at you, you're, you're, you're like so little, right? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, and I'm, you're, you're just trying to figure it out. You know, you're five. Like, of, of course, of course, you're not focused right now. You're five. <laughs> like, it just was like me. <laughs> by, by no means am I saying I did perfect. I will just say that today I had a more joyful day. And I think it was because I kind of went into it with that. Today, I'm going to look for opportunities to have abundant gratitude. That's great. I can't wait for a whole year of this. Now, let me tell you, tomorrow is the fourth rainy day in a row. So I'm going to be tapping into that abundant gratitude. Like, (laughs) I'm going to be digging deep. So (laughs) I'll have more to report back next episode. Cosmic yoga, here we come. Here we come. So Bethany has been talking about this recent book that she's read. I told you a whole episode about books. The Hoarder in You by Dr. Robin Zazio. We talked about it on our last podcast, episode 55, but she's also been talking to me about it pretty much daily every time (laughs) I talk to her. You know, in this book I read. So I knew we needed to do an episode about this book. Obviously, we're not going to cover everything. But I wanted to at least find kind of one topic that Bethany has been sharing with me to share with our listeners. I think that there's a couple different shows about hoarding, but this particular show called Hoarders, one of the experts, Dr. Robin Zazio, she's a clinical psychologist, and she's basically working with people who are hoarding. In the show, I would say most people have reached a point of crisis, like where their home is no longer livable or their family is trying to get involved, or they're about to lose their house, or, I mean, it's a high stakes situation. And so she's coming in and really working with people who need this clinical support, right? Mm -hmm. And so this book, what I loved about it is that she is saying, look, this is what I do every day, but whether or not you consider yourself a hoarder, there are going to be certain themes that... I'm going to talk about that are going to resonate with you. So she says like a hoarder or a clutterer, and I'm absolutely in the category of clutterer. And there are certain things like some of the elements of hoarding where you like have that anxiety about letting those things go that definitely resonated with me. So there was a lot in the book that I got, but I specifically sent you a couple pages that were about shopping and about things because I really loved how she presented these reasons why you might either hold on to an item or acquire a new item and then what the fear is that's connected to it because she really does say it's based in fear. Like there's this reason you either need to acquire something or don't want to let something go and she calls that a trap. There's a fear that's keeping you stuck in that. 
And then she's presenting an alternative view to it. So she had these, I think it was six things that she had laid out. And so what I was curious about, I knew which one like resonated with me out of the six, but I wanted to find out which one resonated with you, Autumn, because even though you are a professional organizer and you're really good about those boundaries, I'm just curious if there's one in particular that speaks to you or that you find you have to kind of speak back to. Yeah, I thought this was really interesting because it was talking about when you are out shopping, what is the self-talk that's going on in your brain that tells you you need this item, you need to buy it, and I love shopping. Do you? I hate shopping, but I still found a trap that resonated. So I'm going to read the six traps, right? So by traps, you're saying what your brain is telling you that traps you into buying the item? Exactly, exactly. So in her book, she calls it a trap or a cognitive distortion. It's not necessarily true, but it's something that keeps you in this buying pattern. Or maybe that's what keeps you continuing to acquire items, even if you didn't plan for them or if you didn't need them. Almost like it's a rationalization, right? Yes, I like that. Yeah. So number one... It is such a good deal, I can't pass it up. Okay. Number two, I might never find something like that again. You never know when I might need it. Number three, this would make a great gift for someone. Number four, my mom would never let me have things like this when I was a kid. Even though I may not use it, I just want to have it anyway. Number five, it's an amber necklace and I collect amber jewelry. I have to have it. Number, oh, there's eight. Number six, this item is useful, so I should keep it. Number seven, I'm getting it as a backup just in case I need another one. And then number eight, I've had a rotten day and I deserve a treat. So she's not saying that we all don't fall privy to those at some point, but she's saying that there's probably one of them that whether you realize it or not, keeps you in that pattern of acquisition. And then she also kind of gives you a script of what you can tell yourself when you have those feelings, which I thought was really interesting. Exactly. That's the key. You acknowledge that that is the trap that you fall into and you acknowledge Mm -hmm. what the fear is that's underneath it. And then you recognize that there's an alternative view because what she talks about is she really says that her practice and a lot of what's been considered successful for people who have been diagnosed with hoarding or hoarding tendencies is something called CBT cognitive behavioral therapy and that's taking a thought that's really like a thought distortion and replacing it with an alternative thought or a thought that could be just as true. Yes, I think that's really interesting especially because we kind of talked about mindset a little bit last episode and I've been thinking about mindset, the Shonda Rhimes books, the years to yes and just paying attention to what your mind is telling you. So Bethany, I'm really curious, which one felt like you the most? Like, which one did you feel like, oh, that's what I said? Do you want to guess which one? Do you want me to just tell you? Oh, I think I know. Okay, which one? I think it is based on my past experiences. I feel like it's this item is so useful, so I should keep it. It's still good. I can still use this. As much as I want to say you're not right, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that one, the trap of this item is useful, so I should keep it. Like that so resonated. I've often said to you like, but do you use it? I know. But do you use it? So what she was talking about was that that trap is rooted in this fear of being wasteful or this fear of being having regret. 
You don't want to be a wasteful person. So she gives this example of like, oh, these scissors are really dull, but they could still be used. Like, I just have to go get them sharpened. Suddenly you're adding this thing on your to-do list to go get these scissors sharpened. That's what you do. That's what I do. That's what I do. And your list is so long. Because you're trying to fix everything. So that's what I do. I add it to my list like, oh, well, I just have to, you know, replace this little bolt that goes with this and it'll be totally workable. It's this idea that it has a potential use or like maybe I want to gift it to somebody or I could fix it. Mm -hmm. That was totally the one that resonated with me. Her alternative view was, you're right, it might have a use, but you don't have a use for it in the moment. And so if you keep it in this drawer, it doesn't magically become more useful. She framed it as getting rid of something that you don't need is not wasteful. Oh, I love what she says in this part because it's actually wasteful to keep it and not let somebody else use it. Yes, that. And then I want to tell you her direct quote, which gave me chills. You are not responsible for making use of everything that crosses your path. Yes. I'm going to say that again. You are not responsible for making use of everything that crosses your path. And that was like, it's beautiful. (laughs) By the way, I love that you just sang. Like we had total different sounds. Okay. So that was the one that was the most. Okay. Let me guess for you. Wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not, we're not done. Oh, what? (laughs) This item is useful, so I should keep it. Can't we just talk about the most recent item we found in your house that fell under? This item is useful, so I should keep it. Wait, what are you talking about? Eric was there. I was there. There was a box of Walkmans that were also there. Oh, my More than two. My You guys, this is 2018, and Bethany had. How many Walkmans did you have? (laughs) Okay, wait, wait. I have to give a little backstory. I was gifted. Wait, wait, wait. Not CD Walkmans. No, no, there was one CD Walkman. You had cassette Walkmans. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let me explain. So Autumn. I said, pick your favorite. How many Walkmans do you need? Well, first she walks up to me. She walks up to me <laughs> and she has her hands behind her back and she goes, pick a hand. And I pick, I don't know which one I picked. Oh, I whatever. forgot I did this. So she shows. <laughs> She shows me the Walkman that's in her right hand. She goes, are you sure? And then in the left hand was another one. And then Eric goes, are you really sure? And he had one too. <laughs> so they had brought out all the Walkman, right? And she was like, why do you have four cassette Walkmans? And so I had to explain. Number one. There's num- no explanation needed. None of them worked. And she didn't know which one would work wait, because you didn't have the right batteries. Wait a second. I'm going to tell you a quick version of the story. Number one, <laughs> I have these Richard Simmons tapes, which, okay, that's a whole other, that's for a different episode. These tapes were his like affirmation and they were very, very uplifting. And at some point in my life, I used to play them almost like as you're like, white noise machine when you fall asleep and it was richard simmons in the background it was him and these testimonials of these people like i am a rainbow you know i don't know why it was mega soothing my cassette player broke and so i couldn't listen to them anymore so i went on a quest for these walkmen i got these different walkmen through different avenues and i couldn't get the richard simmons tape to play and i was determined to get it to play so i saved them because i need to get the batteries blah 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 go back to the this item is useful so i should keep it 
Then the other thing, I was gifted some books on tape. And by on tape, I mean like they are literally on (laughs) tape. So I was trying to find some way to play them in my classroom. The point is apparently cassette is a technology that is no longer viable. Well, and you had all of these because you didn't have batteries to test to see which one worked. (laughs) Then we found batteries to test them. She made me test them right there. What? When was I going to wait? Five years from now for you to test it? <laughs> like I had. I'd already waited for years. We tested all the Walkman. One of them worked. And my little... Rich- barely. It <laughs> well, worked barely. It worked if I held down this one. Yes. You had I to said, hold I down the button. I tape this here. And you guys were like, no. And like the cassette was all warbly. Like Richard Simple was like... <laughs> oh, gosh. That was too funny. So I guess the point... Okay. The point is, is that, yes, I have some things in my home that I feel are still useful and therefore I should keep them. Sometimes I need somebody to come in and offer an alternate view. Dr. Robin Zazio just did. What did she say again? You are not responsible for making use of everything that crosses your path. Oh, my gosh. I think we should make Instagram quote of that so you can take a screenshot. We're going to do it. it as your background. <laughs> Okay, well, now you can give me a hard time. I'll share which one I felt the most. I want to (laughs) guess. Okay, go ahead. Well, I'm kind of torn. I think it's between two. I think it's either it is such a good deal I can't pass it up, or it's I might never find something like that again. You never know when you might need it. So it's one of those two is my guess. Yes, it's such a good deal I can't pass (gasps) it up. I've purchased some clothes with that in my mind I remember going to anthropology and I found this shirt that was really marked down. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is the best price I'll ever see in anthropology. (laughs) So, I mean, I liked the shirt and I bought it, but it didn't quite fit right. The thing is, is once I buy it in such a good deal, I can't pass it up. I don't have a problem getting rid of it after it's in my house and I realize it's not working. Okay, so let's look at what the fear is in that. Dr. Robin Zazio says, the fear is that if you pass that up, let's say you find it again, you might... One, miss out on it if there's no more when you come back. Or two, you'd have to spend a lot more at another store. So like that deal could be gone. You know, I watched a YouTube video all about how Target does that on purpose. They have a vast turnover of their items to give you that same (gasps) feeling of it's not going to be here when I come back, which is totally true. The feeling of scarcity you're like, wait, I was just here and they did not oh. have this whole oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. display. Yeah. But that does mean things go on sale quite <laughs> often there. But I feel like I've gotten better since working on my finances and going on a budget. Yeah. And focusing on, do I want this to take up space in my home? And also thinking about how hard is this to maintain? Wait, say more about that. We've talked about this before on the podcast, but there was something else that I saw. Oh, a lamp. I saw a really pretty lamp and it was glass with metal around it. Almost like the metal was inset inside the glass. And all I could see was looking at that lamp was, that's going to be really hard to dust. (laughs) I really liked the lamp, but I knew I would never buy it because the maintenance to keep that lamp clean. Is that like you're not going to buy clothes that say dry clean only kind of thing? Oh, never. (laughs) So Dr. Robin Zazio's alternative view for that trap of it is such a good deal, I can't pass it up, is that it's only a good deal if you need it, have room for it, and are going to use it at a specific time in the ideally near future. And so like actually if you – 
don't need it, it's a waste, right? It's a waste of money. It's a waste of space. You can feel regret when you look at it. Yeah. Like, let's say that you miss the deal and then there is a time when you really need it. She says the odds are fairly good that it won't put you in debt. She's trying to look at the big picture. If you miss this deal of 20% off or something, is it really going to be such a big deal if you really ultimately decide that you want to go purchase it and you've missed the bargain? You know where I've fallen prey to this recently is with school supplies when they go on deep, deep clearance. Oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, we need those markers. We need those colored pencils. We need those folders. (laughs) Well, truthfully, I used to go to Target the day after Christmas because I would buy the discounted wrapping paper, the discounted ornaments, the discounted decorations and lights. I loved it. I loved it so much. I would even buy the discounted candy because it was still perfectly good candy. It's just that it had like, it was red and green or whatever. And I stopped because first of all, I have like seven rolls of holiday wrapping paper, including one that is dog themed and it's too much. Just use it. Just use it. You want to double it up? Just use it. Use it all. Well, you know, wrapping paper goes really well at garage sales, so I'm assuming it would go really well at a thrift store as well. Wait, really? We had a garage sale. We had wrapping paper. So it went like that. See, I have a bunch of bags. I feel like I should sell like a bunch of my bags. But what do you sell for like a quarter? We're not selling anything. We're taking it to the (laughs) thrift store. We don't have time time to sell anything. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So she lists out these eight traps and we just talked about two of them. But if any of the other ones resonated, I definitely want to recommend that book, The Hoarder in You by Dr. Robin Zazio. And again, something I loved about it was that it wasn't just for somebody who felt that they identified as a hoarder. It was also for somebody who is tackling clutter or navigating clutter or if somebody in your life is. I think for me, what particularly resonated was the way that she talked about the anxiety or the fear or the worry that kind of lays underneath all these issues because ultimately that is what is speaking the loudest it's not that this you know one item has so much power it's that you've given it that power because of that fear it was really it was really really great to like kind of think through that as I read it and we'll have a link to all the books we mentioned today on the podcast you can find that at a to b podcast.com slash 56 and thank you so much to everyone who has left a review and if you haven't yet please leave us a review on itunes that would be great and tell a friend unlike myself but please tell a friend and yeah autumn we're gonna encourage our listeners to be the you in that grocery store line that you will be next time of saying, hey, I have a blog and a podcast. I need to actually tell myself, tell a friend about your podcast. Except the early episodes where the sound is off. (laughs) (laughs) Just skip those ones. Thanks so much for listening. Help us continue the conversation on Instagram and Facebook. We'll be talking about this episode and we're super curious if there's one of those traps that really resonated with you. We'd love to hear from you and thank you again for subscribing. Our episodes come out every other week, so it's the best way to know when we have a new episode out. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now. Bye. And then sometimes I'm telling myself, well, everybody already knows this. It's just Bethany who knows. <laughs> what? Am I the scapegoat? Here I am being vulnerable. 
Well, I was like, everybody really knows this, but I really love talking to <laughs> Bethany about it because it's so much fun. But everybody else. Wow. Now the real story comes out. Is, is an example of that, like everybody knows that cassettes are no longer a viable technology except for Bethany? Is that? It was just very surprising because one, like I get. But four. Like four? You open the drawer. That's not what you said. Yeah. Well, I... Bethany, you just keep us laughing, so it's fun. Just wait till you see the drawers you didn't get to. <gasps> I think I've seen all the drawers. <laughs> you probably have. 